It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hugh Freeze and the Auburn Tigers did it. Joseph Phillips is a part of the 2024 class. Temperatures are likely for several hours inland and a few hours closer to the coast. Yes. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked on Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked on Auburn your first listen every single day. We are live as we are recapping Auburn, adding Joseph Phillips, the four-star linebacker from Booker T. Washington to the 2024 class. I'm Zach Blackerby, Daryl Daprich, and Charlie Five hanging out with us. Let's go, guys. Let's go. I mean, this is a situation where over the last few weeks, it felt like Joseph Phillips kind of slipped away and Georgia had had him. And it's like, dang it, this is another where Auburn was kind of, you know, on him early. He was in the back, our backyard, you know, with Deskegee. And it's like, oh, Kirby got to him. And at about three o'clock yesterday, you saw the Georgia media start saying, ah, Maybe not. Maybe it's not going to happen. Daryl, we'll start with you, your initial reaction when all this happened. Well, you know, it's it's amazing how this has kind of gone back and forth because I felt like he was a lock a couple months ago, and this was all going to just be, you know, an afterthought. It was going to be semantics. And then when I started hearing that Georgia and Tennessee was getting in the mix, I started getting a little concerned. And I've always felt like I've stuck to the theory that Auburn truly's not back from a contending standpoint and a national recruiting force standpoint until they start beating Georgia, Alabama, those types of of schools head to head. You've got to go head to head on the trail against Kirby and stop him every once in a while to, in my opinion, to be where you need to be. So that's why this is significant. Never mind the measurables, never mind what kind of great player he is and freak athletically. You look at his offer list and that is what got, has got me so excited as to who Auburn won out against. No question. Charlie Five with no hat. Your thoughts on this tremendous recruiting win? The balcony is undefeated, baby. You take them to the balcony and, and you close deals. I love it. I love it. I love seeing big recruiting wins again. Um, make no mistake about it. Kirby wanted this guy and uh, had him like so, so, uh, so locked up as far as there was possibly some graphics already made for Georgia. There was commitment quotes for recruiting articles and he was relentless and wouldn't give up. And he was here for, he was here for that camp. And uh, I think on, uh, like you said, uh, on Wednesday and things just seemed to have changed in the last minute. And I love it. I said it when Walker White happened, nobody's off the table. It's Mm -hmm. not till it's over. We're we're ready to compete with the big boys, I think, and win and win some battles. And this kid can play can play multiple positions at linebacker. Um, and I, with the new scheme change, you just put him on the field, put him somewhere, and he's going to make plays. I, I'm I'm very excited right now. I don't have a ton of time. I just want to jump on, say 
War Dam. Way to go, Hugh. And uh, look forward to more of these wins. Yes, thank you, uh, Charlie Five, for uh, for stopping by for just a moment. Uh, you incredible message board legend, you. Daryl, to me, this kind of feels like it was, oh, okay, you know, Hugh needed to go toe-to-toe with either Kirby or Saban and win one. And this was the first one to really get that ball rolling. I, I know there was a Bama flip earlier in the class, but it felt like Bama was kind of okay with it. This was a guy that Georgia made a priority, and Hugh Freeze added him. Yeah, great point. And, you know, going back to that whole balcony comment, the last time I've seen this much action on a balcony was spring break in Panama City, right? I mean, it's just been amazing wow. that the, 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 the whole process and taking them out of camp and getting them somewhere on one-on-one conversations, and that's why it's so funny to talk about balcony boys and that kind of thing. It, it's working. And I think Derek Brown was a big get for Auburn against Georgia. This is the last time I felt like really good about a head-to-head matchup and a head-to-head um, game, a head-to-head recruiting victory was Derek Brown. And Auburn used to have these a lot against Mark Richt. Mark Richt was a good head coach and a good recruiter at Georgia, but Auburn won its share of battles. Kirby has locked it down, starting with the whole George Pickens fiasco, the mm-hmm. receiver that Auburn had and had up until signing day when he switched at the table at his high school. So ever since that, you know, I I don't blame Auburn fans for being skeptical and for feeling like, show me that you can get this done. You know, we've had the rug pulled out from underneath us before. And um, I think this is going to be a situation where, look, Georgia's going to get its its victories. They're going to go ahead and win their share of recruiting battles. Mm -hmm. You don't have to win all of them. You have to win some of them, them, in my opinion. And when Auburn can go back into Georgia and start getting guys – in Kirby's backyard, it's it's monumental. But this is big because you do not want to lose a recruit 40 miles away or 25 miles away from Auburn when he's in your own backyard. And that's why I think this is big. Never mind, again, the measurables of the player. Right, right. I think it sends a message. And so, you know, you, you go to Booker T. Washington and you get their best player. Now, you know, I think the focus is going to turn to Phoenix City. You know, can you get some of those guys that that are, you know, close to you in proximity as well? But, I mean, this is so much bigger than just the player. This is sending a message. And the the whole narrative over the last few weeks was like, crap, we're going to lose Phillips to freaking Georgia. I mean, another guy, it's like, it kind of felt like that, right? Like, man, Auburn's early on this kid. They found him. You know, they were recruiting him hard before he really started ascending. And everybody found him. Everybody offered him. And, you know, Georgia kind of rolled out the red carpet for him. Uh, I think Texas A&M was also there. I mean, they pulled off all the stops to get him. It's like, man, like we've we've seen this happen before, right? Where like uh, Auburn's trending for a kid uh, because they were the first to find him. And then when it really matters, they they aren't able to close. And so this isn't what happened. Um, and, And once again, just the fact that it went up against Kirby, is huge because they've really been able to get everybody they've wanted at will. So that I think that part of it cannot be stressed enough, Daryl, how huge, how huge that is. And so um, the timing of it also, like you got two guys earlier in the week, then you get, you know, uh, you know, you had a four star, the 2024 class. I mean, what a week it's been for the Auburn Tigers. It, it, you know, two four-stars and a guy that's going to be a four-star in Bryce Kane, just a matter of time. 
And I think this goes to show you a lot of times people don't people underestimate what it means to get on a kid early. Because when we started hearing the name Joseph Phillips, let's be honest, it wasn't like a national known recruit. It wasn't somebody that we had heard True. the name before. Auburn got on him, and a lot of people started saying, this is a diamond in the rough. This kid is good. Then he gets, you know, he's a four-star. When when Auburn was on him first, I think that had a lot to do with ultimately, and, and we'll hear what Phillips has to say himself about this, but I think that has a lot to do with the fact that Auburn ended up winning out in the end because they got on him first. And then once mm -hmm. Auburn got on him, I also like being kind of pioneers in this. It warms the cockles of my heart to know that Tennessee A&M cockles. It's the uh, like, you know, parts of a heart that uh -huh. like ventricles and stuff around it. Yeah. Got um, it. It, it warms them because <laughs> when Auburn recruits and evaluates a kid, when Tennessee, Georgia, and A&M follow suit and say, oh, this kid's good, and Auburn kind of led the way, you have to feel great about your staff and how they evaluate talent. I don't remember Harson and them getting on a kid early, uh, you know, that was somebody who was under the radar, and all these other big dogs going, oh, well, if, if uh, you know, Brian Harson and Eric Kiesau are recruiting this kid, we better get on him. I mean, that's that wasn't happening. The fact that Auburn was on him first and other major programs followed suit and was like that copycat type scenario, is an Auburn fan, you should feel great about scouting and evaluation of talent with the staff they have. Yeah, uh, I'm with you. I'm with you. And, and I'm, I'm going to point out this comment. There's different levels of book. The current one is Dat making up body parts with suspicious names. I, I, think I, I didn't make it up. I promise that there is such a thing as – now, I may have mispronounced it, but I mean, people can Google it. That, that there is, it's a component of the heart. All right, whatever. That's cool. That's cool. And you wear the heart on the sleeve, which I absolutely there love. There you go. Somebody asked when he would be added to 247 Sports' class. It's on there. Um, they've got eight commits now. I don't think they've updated the ranking yet. So we'll see because surely Auburn's higher than 36 now. But yeah, they may I not, think that they may not that be. Should Projection-wise, it should put him top 25. We'll see. And, you know, obviously there's two variables. Every time you add commitments, they look at quantity, and then they look at quality, too. Those two to those two variables add up to it. Auburn had a .90 average ranking. I look at that because if you have eight or nine commits and some Jack Lake school has 18, they rank them higher. I mean, look, there's some mm -hmm. schools above Auburn that we know Auburn has better talent. So you look at that average ranking, and all Duke, Duke was one. Duke was one last year. They were yeah, like twelfth, yeah. but they had like yeah. twenty-five three stars. I mean, that's just, and you know, I, I think that when you can get quantity and quality, that's when you get a top ten class. Right now, Auburn's sitting at eight commits, and that average ranking is right at 0.91. You take that, you take the average. I look at average star ranking. Not just because you've got 20 commits that you're going to get ranked higher. And then again, to beat a dead horse, I look at offer list when you're beating the big boys to get somebody. Um, I think that's huge, huge. And, uh, you know, huge, huge. I, I, love, I love the narrative that's going to be built around this, too. Don't underestimate. This is what's so important. Mm -hmm. You've got to start somewhere. You've got to get the ball rolling on winning these battles head-to-head -head with the Georgias and the Alabamas and the Tennessees and those schools. Well, I wouldn't put Tennessee, but some of the A&M who's had some good recruiting classes. 
once you do it once, other kids notice. And you, you no longer, it's, it's no longer such a unique thing. What becomes commonplace is when you start stacking these. So somebody has to be the first. Kudos to jo Joseph Phillips for being that guy. But I think this opens the door for more. That's just how I feel about it. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. You know, winning winning the battle for Walker White was huge against Clemson and Dabo, and then Joseph Phillips the same way. And uh, according to two four seven, Joseph Phillips is right behind Walker White as far as um, highest player rate, uh, rated in um, in the class. And then Marion Burnett will be behind Phillips, so we'll see. But you know, and we we talked about this or alluded to him a second ago, like Martavis Collins, like former Bama commit. And um, I mean, he's kind of overlooked because I think that's a less flashy position. Like, let's just be honest with it. But still, I mean, uh, this this is just an incredible, an incredible situation. So three in one week, three in two days or three days, actually. Sure. is great. I mean, you talk about building momentum and you're getting this off of camp, right? When you start to have your camp and, and we know that it was three times. I mean, listen. I know this for a fact because I have somebody that I know that provides apparel and gear for Auburn at these camps. Oh. And I can say this now because the camp is over. Right. Three times the amount of the kids that went to Brian Harson's camp last year went to three times. They had to triple the order of those compression sleeveless shirts. Anytime you get that many kids on your campus, three times the amount you're used to having, and you start offering these kids, some of these kids after seeing them in camp, yeah. you hope it pops. And it has. Three in one week is phenomenal. It is. It is. And, you know, you're getting all these talented kids to, like, wear Auburn gear. Like, that has to have some kind of, like, psychological effect, too. So that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, let's see. Mitochondria points out, which is the powerhouse of the cell, on three has Auburn's recruiting class up to number 15. So that's great. And then somebody else mentioned Auburn will move up to 28th nationally and eighth in the SEC. Uh, will says that I assume that's on two, four, seven. So you're going to see different rankings this part of the year, which is totally fine. So uh, I like on threes better. I'll take, uh, I'll take top 15. Yeah. The composites are the ones that I always caught myself looking at. Cause it's a, it takes different websites and different recruiting services. ESPN has always been the one that seems to be out of left field, Zach. They they kind of on their own. They're on their own island. They don't factor into anybody else's composites. They do their own things. But that's a big point too. Is that Auburn needs to start getting in on some of these ESPN top 100 kids um, and getting them on on campus and getting them to commit because that starts to build the recruiting class as well. So I think this is just the beginning. I really do. I think this is a absolute uh, statement and message um, that at the end of the day, it's going to be so exciting to see where this class ends up. Uh, it's probably too early to compare these kids, but he kind of reminds me of a former Georgia guy that Auburn pursued hard and ultimately lost to Georgia, uh, Quay Walker. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I, I see a lot of similarities in the two. Yeah, I would take that. I would take that in a heartbeat. By the way. I mean, yeah, yeah, Georgia's linebacker core. I mean, has been they've been putting him in the league even when Rick was there. I mean, you know, they had guys that were t Jarvis Jones and some of those guys that were sure. first round picks. So they've always done a really good. The kid that played for the Jets, that was really good. I can't think of his name, but they've always had a great 
tradition of linebackers. And so, and Kirby Smart, having coached under Saban, being a defensive coordinator, saw something that he, he wanted in this kid. That's an endorsement in itself as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Auburn football posting uh, the Hugh Freeze Yahtzee video in response to this. I think that's always a nice touch. Very subtle. Um, love that the Yahtzee thing is this come. I, so a, f- a few folks are asking who's next, and, and I'm not really sure. I'm just going to be honest with yeah. you. Not really sure. Well, I think you, I hope it's a lot. You alignment. mentioned three names uh, earlier in the week uh, that you felt like we're going to commit, and I think one has. I think uh, you mentioned Blockton, Kane, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to think who the third that you mentioned that you felt like were next. And obviously, Kane committed. We didn't have Faustin in that, but then he committed. So maybe the other two that you had in your podcast oh, earlier. DJ the Barber was the yeah, other DJ one. Yeah, DJ Barber, and, and Barber's yeah. from Chilton County, right? No, uh, it's Reddick. Reddick's from Chilton County, wearing Auburn gloves at the seven-on-seven. Yeah. Clay Chalkful is Clay Chalkful. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah I mean, th- that could come. I mean, next, you know, there's there's that Jaden, the the Crawford kid that that was crystal ball to LSU, but now that's kind of flipped a little bit. So, um, there's and, and if they come in twos and threes, that's really special. It really is. Uh, sure. Yeah, they can come in whatever number. They want as long as it keeps coming. The 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 timing of everything happening pretty close together, Daryl, and there may be more guys like you mentioned Blockton, you mentioned Barber, and we'll see what happens with Riddick. He's wearing Auburn gloves, like you said, right now. Do you think this is just kind of a culmination of work, and it just happens to kind of all pop at the same time with these kids being on campus? With I mean, it's visit season, you know, with June and July, or do you think? Do you think it's strategic? Do you think some of these guys have been silent for a few days or a few weeks maybe, and they're like, hey, let's kind of roll these out. Let's kind of get some momentum going. Or do you think it's a thing where maybe on to victory's coffers are filled up a little bit? Maybe they got some extra funds to throw around, hypothetically. Hypothetically, of course. I I, I am kind of curious to see, like, why why is it all happening right now? Because we've kind of been waiting for this for, for months, honestly. I think it's a combination of all three, and I know that's a really crappy way and and easy way to get out of it, but I do believe, like, as we're sitting here right now, you can't convince me that Auburn doesn't have some silence right now. They have some silent commits that have committed to Auburn that haven't announced yet. I'm convinced of that. Number two, anytime you get on campus and you start getting around other players that have committed to Auburn Mm -hmm. and you start getting coached up by these coaches, a familiarity starts to breed, and you start to get comfortable around them. So you want to commit at that point, because you've been on campus and you've been around the guys that are going to coach you. And then I do believe on to victory is probably getting replenished and some things are happening. So I think it's a combination of all of that. And then I do believe the fourth factor will be peer recruiting. As the ball starts to roll and people start to jump in the, in the car, others want to jump in because they look at class size and that kind of thing. And then you've got to consider this. 18-year-old kids now mm-hmm. that are getting ready to commit thinking about committing in 2024, have to feel like there's a portal transfer side to this that eats up scholarships and eats up class size. So you, you have to make sure you commit and you have your place and you have your scholarship because your spot may be taken by somebody in the transfer portal that, that comes in and can play right away from a scholarship standpoint. That, that's all factors as to why these kids – Break that down for me. I don't I don't fully understand what you're saying there. 
So let's say you're a kid that's going to graduate in 2024 and you're thinking about going to play college football at a particular institution mm -hmm. and there's only X amount of scholarships available. I mean, you can only put 85 on scholarship. Sure. And let's just say Auburn has 24 available. Okay. What if some of those 24 are being used by kids that Auburn's going to recruit into the transfer portal? That takes spots away. I got you. Spots that would normally just be made for high school seniors. I mean, mm -hmm. you only have so many scholarships, so how you use them, that numbers are numbers are numbers. Now, I do I, I do like the fact that if you lose 30 players, you can go get, you know, they don't cap that anymore. But you still have 85 sure. spots. And how you get to those 85 spots matters. And if you've only got 20 and you're a senior coming out of high school and you go to the – I mean, Auburn got 20 kids in the portal this year. So those are scholarships that would have been – unused or taken up by maybe going down the list a little bit to high school players. Yeah. I, I'm curious to see if that impacts it or not. Or not. Uh, do more guys commit before their senior season? We'll see. Saw a few reports earlier this week that like guys like Cam Coleman, though, still probably going to be a signing day decision. Yeah. Guys like that. that dreading that already, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> You're five stars. You don't have to worry about transfer portals and that kind of thing. You're going to have a spot at where you want to school, go to school regardless. Yep. Yep. I'm with you. I'm with you. So I guess final thoughts with all of this. I mean, once again, cannot stress enough. I mean, there was a report. I think it was the Georgia Rivals site. Where they were reporting that like he had a graphic made. He had, you know, they had stories with quotes written and ready to go. And they had to change it. They all changed. They all changed their stories last night because he wasn't going to commit to Georgia. I mean, I just, I wonder what the last pitch was because we saw this before like Walker White um like Hugh Freeze and them didn't know he was going to commit right yeah so like I wonder what that final pitch was and how similar it was to what they said to Walker well to solidify what you're saying I mean I haven't had a chance because I've been on this with you but if you pull up the comment from Ricky Smith right there at 12 28 p.m I, I don't I can't confirm this but I, he is saying that Joseph Phillips says he was going to commit to Georgia on Tuesday. So, I mean, you know, and here we are Friday it or Thursday, so it flipped pretty quick. I mean, it was 24 hours. Why that is, I don't know, but turning up the heat or showing that I don't, something changed. Look, and again, I'm going to be very, very transparent and honest here. Okay. If anybody out there thinks this is based solely on money and NIL, they're fooling themselves because anything mm -hmm. Auburn wants to do from an NIL standpoint, you're got to be crazy to think Georgia couldn't match. Of course they can. So it's not just about going to the highest bidder or being bought or NIL. NIL is a factor. I get that. But it's not like, oh, I'm going to go to Georgia on Tuesday and then Wednesday Auburn comes back and doubles the NIL. No way. No way. Because Georgia could match whatever Auburn wanted to do from an NIL standpoint. They've got deep, deep coffers. Look at the athletic budget report that came out that had mm -hmm. Auburn 11th or something like that, Georgia in the top five. This, The variables for this goes deeper than just NIL. It has to do with culture, who you're getting coached by, and maybe being the guy that helps bring back prestige and you know the, the, the bar being raised to Auburn football. I don't think playing time, I think he was probably going to be offered significant playing time at Georgia too. So those are all things. He's to good. Consider. Georgia wanted him. I mean, they're going to act like they didn't, but like Georgia, Georgia wanted this guy. And you just look at 
his top five, let's pull it up, his top five from back in April was Auburn, Clemson, Georgia, Tennessee, and A&M. Like, this is, this is big boy recruiting that we just haven't done in a few years. Clemson's another one. Auburn's got to win some battles head-to-head, especially, like you said, over in Phoenix City. That, that's mm-hmm. got to – that's got to change as well. That's a, that's another key indicator that Auburn's doing what they need to do from a recruiting standpoint when they start beating Dabo head-to-head as well. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. And so I think we're going to start seeing some offensive linemen soon, and then maybe uh, maybe D'Angelo Barber and Malik Blockton as well. Daryl, as we wrap up, how can people check out everything you've got going on right now? Follow me at Twitter, DAP6410, and I love interacting in the Discord with everybody. Really enjoy that as well. Yes, thank you to everybody in the live chat. And uh, we will be back for a normal episode Friday morning. We'll see you then. This has been Locked on Auburn. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.